Madame Stiffin's Ghost by William Theodore Parks Read for LibriVox.org by Nemo In Burton Crescent, on the semicircle apex there, I lodged some little period up a six-flight, four-foot stair. It came about by freak of chance, t'was in a cul-de-sac, I found myself one morning, and compelled to tramp it back. Whilst blessing gates of London town, that bar the traffic yet, I saw a window label, lettered, lodgings to be let. A gloomy habitation t'was, to give the nerves the creep, but possibly a comfortable roosting place to sleep. Of knockers on its oaken door, it bore a double stock. I took those knockers, and I struck duet of double knock. And just as I was rounding off my rallentando din, the door was gently open, and a lady cried, Come in! I must confess, I fluttered with a flick of some surprise, to see a lady so petite, and with such piercing eyes. An artificial bloom was on her cheek and nose and neck. Her gown was of a quaint brocade in antique floral check. By transmutating hand of time, in his assisting care, the golden sheen to silver light was paling through her hair. And from the dentistry of art that crowned her rippled chin, she greeted me with pearly smile the moment I stepped in. I noted on her fingers small some antique diamond rings, and in her slippers russet brown she tripped as twere on springs. A dainty wrap completed her little quaintly self. She seemed a living Watteau that stepped from off a shelf. She seemed a living Watteau from out a canvas sprung. She wasn't, no she wasn't, well, you could not call her young. She greeted me up smiling, with business kindled fire, and volunteered the question, what rooms do you require? It wasn't my intention to move upon that day. My humor was to dawdle in idle sort of way. So left it to her option, if twenty rooms or one, in earth upon the basement or garret near the sun. She showed her approbation of my eccentric style, and greeted me politely with confidential smile. I have a room, the lodger is yet remaining there, but leaving soon I'll show it, if you will step the stair. She mounted up before me her little cloak like wings, did supplement her flexor and her extensor springs. She paused upon each lobby to note the pleasing scene of leaves amongst the chimneys that lent a tint of green. The sanitary question she settled with some pains, explained the county council had just been down the drains, and thus discussing features and questions to be met, we landed on the landing of lodging to be let. Upon the door with knuckles she struck a low rum tin, and tardily was answered by husky voice, Come in. To purpose of her visit, he gave a mild assent, which somewhat indicated a debt of backward rent. We entered the apartment, and gaunt and wan and scared, 
from tangle of the blankets blear-eyed and tousle-haired a moment rose the lodger then underneath the clothes he snapped himself like oyster and only left his nose i took a swift synopsis again we stepped the stair she bowed me to her parlor and all around me there were virtue objects suited for curioso sale art of the reign of louis and good old chippendale cameo ware of wedgwood and wooster bric-a-brac miniatures of beauties and oriental lac a cabinet and tables and marquetry of boule and feminine arrangements of bombazine and tulle old mezzotint engravings of regent buck and lord between the window curtains in aged harpsichord the instrument she fingered and sang an olden rune she sang with taste but slightly the strings were out of tune she warbled of the regent of sheridan and burke buck nash and a beau brummel and of the fatal work enacted in a duel then struck a broken string and with a sigh she faltered and then she ceased to sing i told her composition of song was in my line then with a look intended as tender and divine in mode of days of brummel in manner and in style she lauded up the bedroom with captivating smile electrobiologic magnetic in her glance she fixed me like a medium as tenant in advance i entered occupation as soon as i could get and everything in order was for my comfort set the room was daily garnished and swept my bed was made and this was comprehended the lot for which i paid my daily mastication and public grill was frayed monotonous and easy with quiet self-content i went and came in silence in silence came and went was no domestic welcome when i came in not one and in the morning ditto till i was up and gone no sound of brush or bucket no jar of door or delf no foot upon the stairs except the pair i have myself no smutty wench to greet me with cloud of dusty mat no snarl of vicious lapdog or hiss of humping cat no slavey whiting up the steps did ever strike my sight yet everything was fixed for me when i came home at night but often on my pillow when darkness was my ward i heard the muffled numbers of distant harpsichord i heard a plaintive ballad to measured cadence set of long ago that sounded for lordly minuet in weirdly notes it fluttered and lingered on the wing with wailing for the duel the sigh and broken string but once when i was taking a smoking circumflex around the burton crescent and just at its apex i heard a voice behind me that put me on some toast look there's the man that's living with madame stiffen's ghost i turned and in the lamplight distinctly i could see a woman's dexter finger was indicating me he's living as a lodger above the second floor of yonder house that's haunted with a double knocker door look isn't he a cough drop it's only such a scare 
would live in such a lodging with Madame Stiffin there. I never felt so worried at anything before, could scarcely find the keyhole of double knocker door. And up the stairs I tottered, as in a walking trance. Next morning she'd be coming for payment in advance. Next morning at the striking of twelve upon the clock. I started from my slumber. It was her double knock. I jumped up at the summons and leaping out of bed. I answered and she entered, and on to her I said, I'm here through false pretenses. I understand you're dead. A peal of mocking laughter. The little Watteau shook, and with her arms akimbo, in attitude she struck. She made an accusation of drink, and with a glance of keen reproach demanded her payment in advance. I had already promised myself that none should boast of knowing me in future as tenant of a ghost, so got my cash, pretending to settle there and then, and just as she was lifting my eagle-pointed pen, said I, perhaps you'll give me receipt for also this? With that I would have tested her presence with a kiss. I think my arm went through her, of that I can't be sure, but with the table circuit she took the bedroom door. I took it quite as quick, an abbreviated sight, I caught of her next landing, in honor hasty flight. From lobby down to lobby, I chased her like a hare. I tracked her to the kitchen, but lo, she wasn't there. I flew into the area, back up the stairs I flew, in drawing room and parlor, in every bedroom too, to overtake and seize her, with skidding foot I sped, and under every sofa, and under every bed. I searched, it was a marvel, exploited every flue, unlocked a couple of wardrobes and looked them through and through, until, in all its horror, the grim conviction grew. I had, in fact, been lodging unconscious with a spook. I rushed to get my waistcoat, pants, traps, and took my hook. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.